0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker.
1: Hi, Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Monday. Busy, busy show to get to. Um, Ole Miss... Had a very underwhelming Sunday against Kentucky. Um, Some NBA playoff stuff, some baseball, probably kind of hit just kind of some various stuff at the halfway point. Um, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Tiger Woods won the Masters. (laughs) A lot going on, so I don't, well, I guess first off, Colin, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. After sitting out in the rain watching baseball, I could be better, but
1: it wasn't a terrible weekend. Yeah, I'm sitting in the dark at my place <laughs> off Jackson Avenue as we record this on Sunday night. Some transformer blew out. Um, no, it was sorry. a wreck.
0: It was a well. I mean, it may have been because a uh, transformer blew out, but it was a bad, bad wreck on Jackson Avenue this uh, tonight.
1: Yeah, all kinds of stuff's happening here. OPD <laughs> was saying on Twitter that it was like the wreck was unrelated to it, but that oh, was, like, really? Tr- yeah, the transformer blew out or something. uh okay. While officers were already out on the scene at the wreck, I don't know. Either way, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, Godspeed so, to those officers. Yeah. So I'm just sitting in the dark here, just kind of blind. I got my mobile hotspot up. It's kind of working because so I kinda have internet
0: access. But other than that, it's 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 dark is as it, hell. Kind of creepy, honestly. Is that is that C Spire? Because C Spire's been down the whole weekend too.
1: No, no, I'm at ATT. I think okay. it's just because I used a ton of data this month already, so it's kind of running slow. But uh There you go. There
0: yeah, you
1: go. so it's it it this kind of sucks <laughs> very creepy, but we're good. Have, we're good. You don't, you don't have a generator on you? Uh, no, no, I do not. I, uh, I left it. Left it, I, it no, all. I do not have a generator. Yeah, so don't have that in the back pocket. Um, I don't really know where to start. I mean, I guess we could start with baseball, but that feels disingenuous when Tiger Woods won the Masters.
0: Um, yeah, as someone that's not a huge golf fan, that was extremely cool. I mean, the scene
1: is, 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 it's the greatest comeback story in the history of sports. I, I, I don't I don't think there's a close second either. Like, I know we live in this age where, like, the hot take is cool and all of that, but I, I genuinely believe that. I, I don't think there's a close second. I mean, you're talking about a guy, I don't have the list in front of me, but I think Golf Week detailed, or it may have been no laying up, detailed on a podcast, every single thing that's happened to the guy since his 2008 win at, uh, I guess that was Torrey Pines where he beat Rocco Mediate on one ACL. That was his last major win at the U S open. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, his whole life crumbled in front of him. I mean, think about it. You're talking about nine years ago. That guy is, I guess it was t- almost 10 years ago. Now that guy's holding a hostage like video press conference, talking <laughs> about his sex life with his parents sitting on the front row, or at least his mom, obviously is his, his right. father passed away. Um, He's had three back surgeries. I mean, of I mean, of the so Wright Thompson wrote that masterful piece on Tiger Woods in 2016, and and the rise and fall and kind of the secret history that led to his demise and kind of how his whole like orbit got thrown off when his father died. But one of like the hundred anecdotes in that story that's really interesting. This is a guy that four years ago fell down in his backyard without a cell phone and had to wait until his kids found him. In oh the backyard my. and went and got him to help. I mean, this guy couldn't get up. He couldn't walk. And to be playing golf at a high level again after all that he's gone through, it's just remarkable. And, like, you can tell it's different when when, when he's in contention. I mean, the, the atmosphere is different. That scene at Augusta was nothing like I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it was, you know, obviously, look, you're, you're a much bigger golf fan than me, but I found myself just, you know, Extremely emotionally involved. I joked I was reading for uh, Dustin Johnson on Twitter, but I, you know, I was kind of like everybody else. I wanted uh, Tiger to win and, and to kind of cap off what well, was a really cool event. Um, and it kind of was just evident that, like, and, and I mentioned this, and again, I'm golf ignorant, but he looked like, I mean, it, it was kind of dominating. For, for, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of just felt like that he was far and away the best golfer on the on the course right then. He played the most consistently on
1: the back. It was weird because you've had terms So he got in contention at both the British Open and and the PGA Championship last year. And both times, whether it was Francesco Molinari or Brooks Kepka, just those guys were on an entirely different planet. And he just there wasn't a whole lot he could do. I mean, the the the, the back nine that Molinari played at the British Open and in the last two days of golf that Kepka played at the PGA were just absolutely dominant stuff. I mean, torching the field type of stuff. And today, he was the most consistent guy on a back nine where everyone pretty much crumbled around him. Like like and that sounds like it's taking credit away from him from going out and winning it and it's not not meant to at all. But like he kind of withstood the storm and everyone else faltered around him. I mean, quite literally every other player in contention hit it into the water on, yes. I guess, 12 it was, around him. Literally, like, the first, the next five guys on the leaderboard dumped it in the water. I mean, you had guys fatting chips. Like, I don't think the Tiger affects real anymore because these guys are just wired differently and they're not scared of him. But, like, he just kind of withstood the carnage that the back nine produced. And it was weird watching on 18, because I guess I'm being picky here, but, like, it would have been so badass if he had had, like, a one-shot lead and had to make, like, a 15-foot putt. To make it, but obviously I'll take that result too. It was, (laughs) it was cool. And I don't understand the not rooting for tiger guy. They're like, Oh, he's an awful person. Well, like one, like who are you to judge anyone's own morality? And two, (laughs) like, if you actually look into the situation or whatever, like I'm not excusing like the mistakes he made and the things that happened to him, but it was so much more complicated than him just having an affair. I mean, it's, 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 it's him being robbed of a normal childhood by his dad Him being just this socially awkward kid from California that kind of has to put on a front publicly because he's the greatest golfer in the world. It's really just sad more so than than anything else. And just I don't know. He Tiger's been cocky at times. He's been arrogant. And today he just looked like a relieved middle aged man that kind of just got back on his feet fully. And it was it was
0: really cool to see. Yeah, and and you kind of feel like that it's probably not the end of you know him him competing and winning majors at this point. Yeah, that, that performance today doesn't feel like it's really going anywhere. No, one hundred percent. And he's forty three. Yeah, and he, that's what people forget.
1: Yeah, Phil's Phil's forty eight and still competing at the highest level. Phil hasn't won anything in a while, but just for like a reference point, yeah, he's got five six more years of this if he can stay healthy. And that's why. So when everyone was doing the whole like. Oh, Tiger can't finish it off. Like, yeah, he may be healthy, but he's never going to win another major. Like, that's not really how golf works. Like, it is hard to win a tournament. It is incredibly hard to win a major. So the fact that he was consistently playing well, consistently healthy, and consistently in contention at these events, you knew it was just going to be a matter of time barring an injury because it's just going to happen for you one time. And that was kind of what happened today. And not to say he didn't go out and win it, but everyone kind of faltered around him, and he just kind of kept plodding along. And so, yeah, I think he could win. I don't know if he'll break Nicholas's record of 18 or whatever, but, like, 18 months ago, I would have said it's, it's he's never winning again. Or i say two years ago. Like, he's probably never winning again. Now that doesn't seem like much of a possibility. If he gets one out of every seven majors for the next three years— I think he'll be sitting on, I uh, say three years. There's only four a year, but one of the next seven, the next three cycles of seven, I guess. I mean, he's sitting at 17 at like age 48. 48, 49, something yeah. somewhere in there. So it's definitely possible. But it was, <clears throat> it was surreal because, like, I, 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 as much as I thought he was going to win another major eventually once you saw him come back in healthy last year, just to see it actually happen was just, it, it was wild. I mean, I, you just, I don't know. It's hard to think of a better story because, like his kid, like his kids were so young. His kids have never seen him be like Tiger right. Woods, and then like yeah, seeing that- his kids come up on eighteen was awesome. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't think you can write a
0: better script. No, no. That's kind of what kind of what makes you like sports. What you mentioned with his kids was was cool because, like you said, they didn't they didn't see tiger at his peak they were i don't know how old they are but they were extremely young obviously the son was he didn't look be over eight or nine so i mean he he wasn't even born when all, when he won his last major if i remember correctly it, it was it was just a really cool scene it was a surreal scene um to see a guy that you know it, it kind of i mean at his peak he's probably the best golfer of all time um to see him kind of round back into form after what else happened it was really a cool moment yeah, and the other news of the weekend was Phil Mickelson produced the
1: greatest internet video I've ever seen. All right, you're gonna, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to
0: explain the Kuchar troll to me. So, you have to explain that one to me. Okay, so what happened was, so
1: Matt Kuchar went to a tournament in Mexico last year. the PJ tournament in Mexico. Okay and his regular caddy either got the week off or had a conflict and so occasionally when that happens these guys will use local caddies and so 99 times out of 100 he's not winning the tournament so you have a set agreed upon amount that the regular caddy gets cuz he's not okay. like he's not getting the regular 8 to 10% cuz he's not your guy like he's just some random local looper but what happens was Kuchar won the tournament and still, only paid the guy like five thousand dollars. So, out of a one point five million dollar check or whatever it was, he gave the guy four grand. And it well, was that's such no a, good. Yeah, and it was such a bizarre scene because Kuchar's known for like, I guess, being like kind of the the good guy or whatever. Like, golf's like good guy, like. I do He just reminds me of like a very like midwestern, just like typical dad. And so like every once that like I think the caddy, local caddy, went public with it, and everyone's like, yeah, like what the hell? Like you don't even have to give him the eight to ten percent, like but just give him fifty grand. Like <laughs> like don't give him four thousand dollars when you want a million five. And it's not like it's his first. I mean, Kuchar's probably got $35, 40 million dollars worth of career earnings. He's been on tour for two decades. He's one of the probably top fifty most successful players of the last. I don't know, 10, 15 years. So he gives the guy $4,000. It becomes a big public embarrassing fuss. He ends up paying the guy more, but it could have been avoided. And so Phil Phil is a notorious gambler, obviously. I mean, he's had the insider trading deal, but Phil's famous for gambling. Like his Tuesday practice round games, apparently they just throw ridiculous amounts of money around. Uh, gambling and so Phil, because obviously we're not gonna have any side action today. Because if I did win, I'd probably see like point oh six percent. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> and it was just savage. Like he just murdered him in cold blood. And but just the fact that like Phil was like hitting bombs and attacking yeah, that was pens. my favorite. <laughs> It's like it's like the guys that don't fully understand how Twitter works and get it later in life as like a hot like just something to like try to build their brand actually use it the best and so because <laughs> like like I was I was I think I was texting Richard Cross when he sent me the video or whatever and i was like that's exactly what i fi- picture phil talking to himself to pump himself up driving into the augusta even if he took the camera away like right, right, right. bombs and attacking <laughs> pins like that was the funniest thing ever like i don't know if it was just the ultimate rich white guy i mean he wears a logo of himself like he's got a little insider trading history like he's he, he's he's a character and it was that was that was incredible
0: so yeah that was great. Yeah. The message was kind of great, just overall.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. Always our boy always uh, delivers.
0: Sin, oh, so, since we recorded last, our boy Bryson Deshambo fell down a little bit. I guess the yeah, physics worked I, against him.
1: I had him in my pool, and then after his opening round of 66, the man just disgraced his family. Like it was
0: unbelievable. <laughs> guess so, guess the physics went away.
1: Yeah, and then apparently he got called out by an actual physicist for using the terminology wrong. So he did. It was, yeah, and so it was. It was equally satisfying knowing, like, oh no wonder. Like, we knew this guy was full of shit. So, like, <laughs> anyway, it was a great tournament. It delivered. Um, elsewhere, Ole Miss had a really nice Friday night and then a very lethargic Sunday and dropped a series <sighs> to a Kentucky team that entered two and ten. Um, yeah, Doug Nickasey was not good.
0: That's um, an understatement.
1: The pitching managing the pitching staff was. Interesting. Atrocious? And, yeah, and they left 16 men on base in 14 innings of baseball. That, that, that won't hunt.
0: Look, the offense was bad. Let's just not, you know, I mean, there's no way around it. But you know what? The offense gets a bad day. When you score the amount of... Well, yeah, of it's,
1: an, it's an aberration. Like, that's not something you look at and think, like, oh, that's a problem. It just happens.
0: Yeah, that happens. But what can't happen is when your offense has that bad of a day, which they're allowed to have when they throw a lefty that's going to be a first-round pick and another lefty that's been really good this year and your offense struggles against lefties. I mean, you got to pitch it. And, and Ole Miss didn't. They, I mean, Gunnar Hoglund wasn't good. He Yeah, he went through the first three innings and got him out not, first, three times or, or got up the 1st nine hitters. Then he blows up. I mean, it it... it just wasn't good enough on the mound, and uh, Mike did a terrible job managing the staff. I'll just say it—he was horrible. Um, if if he does a better job managing the staff, Ole Miss wins one game today, and nobody's upset. But he decides that Tyler Myers needs to throw in a game where they're down four to nothing. He uh, lets Gunnar Hoglund get too big of a hole for Ole Miss's offense to bring him out of before he brings in two of the best relievers in the country. And that's just kind of what it was. I mean, Duffin didn't produce, but just from the pitching perspective, that's where they got beat on Sunday. Yeah,
1: and so the Hoagland start was interesting because what what I found interesting about it was there was actually like some good you could take from it because his breaking ball had not been there all year. And he threw it a lot today and threw it for strikes and got swings and misses. He struck out eight dudes. And I agree in the sense that, like, when Hoagland got – I guess that was the fourth inning where he got first and third with one out on some bad luck because he induced the ending inning double play ball, but the runner was in motion, and so Kessinger was running towards the bag and wasn't there to field it. So I didn't think Hoagland Hoagland was bad today, but the fourth inning looked drastically different than the first three. Like he just – like you said, he he came apart at the seams. So, like – there was good stuff there. Like I think the breaking that him being able to throw the breaking ball for strikes and that being good today is actually a very significant development. But in a seven inning game, you, I mean the kid should already have a short leash, but it should be shorter to non-existent in a seven inning game against a first round pick.
0: If it was me, he wouldn't have gone through the lineup again. Um, you, you you got three innings out of the kid, and he was as good as he was going to be. You probably got three more innings or. or you, you probably got more than you expected for him to go three innings and not give, up a, not give up a run. You are four innings away from completing a baseball game. Austin Miller and Parker Caracci have not thrown a pitch this weekend. How do you not just give the ball to Miller at that point? How after, after you know, he lets the guy on in the third inning, do you not just say, no, I'm going to give it to my guys and I'm going to get beat with my best on the mound? And they didn't. And you look up and he hangs the change up to Colette. And I've had people say it was a good pitch. No, it wasn't, and it wasn't a win aided home run. No, that ball was not was, a good pitch. No, then the ball was the ball was smoked. At worst, it, it, the wind helped it, sure, but it was a two RBI double if it, if the wind is stagnant. So it, it it was just bad. I mean, it was it was a horrible pitch that was left up, and you know you you bring Austin Miller in when essentially let's just I mean the game was kind of for all intents and purposes over the way Ole Miss was swinging at that point.
1: Yeah, and so like to me, like like I kind of agree with this not letting him face around through the second time through. But even when you go like first and third, like it's not a Hogan thing at that point. It's the mere situation. It's it's you have your two biggest guns left in the pen, go get them. You only need twelve, what like twelve more outs? I'm not a math guy, but yeah, yeah, so like eleven more outs. So like that's what it is more than anything. And then yeah, and so that that cost him. And then. I mean, t- not getting the timely hit is such a cliched saying, but they they did have some poor fortune in that. Like Cooper Johnson smoked Smokes, the ball in yeah. the seventh, and they they just they left too many guys on, and and they got to be a little bit better offensively there. But like I said, that's not like you don't think that's going to be a recurring a recurring thing, obviously because this offense is produced in an elite clip. Man, Gray Kessinger, I mean, out of all this, you'd be remiss not to talk in Three hits to half their hits off of Thompson came from Kessinger. Seven-hit yeah. weekend with a hitless game. He's What his OPS in SEC play is like one, like, I, I wrote it. Early. I got it I can't I got in, in front
0: of me. Hold on. His SEC OPS is, uh, Carl gundel has got a better OPS, uh, 1.143. I did notice that Gindel has
1: probably the best OPS on the team in a, uh, in a rousing five at-bats, I believe.
0: No, um, no, no. This is just SEC play. He is one for two with a uh, hit and a walk in SEC play. So three at-bats, not five. Yeah, sure. Nice. Uh, Zabowski's actually got a better OPS than Kester in SEC play, which I kind of find weird.
1: Yeah, and so it wasn't – it. It was a underwhelming day because you lose a series to a 2-10 and ten team. But it's a weird dynamic because they probably are probably a little better than 2-10. and ten. But, like, like the team threw is, I mean, that we talked about it Friday. This team's been known to throw a random stinker, and they threw one Saturday. I mean, not Saturday, the game two. And then now you're facing a first-round pick. So when you have a bad team with one, like, arm talent like that, it creates a bit of a weird dynamic. But yeah. at the same time, like, you, you, you can't lose two or three there at home. I mean, it's just – I mean, Kentucky's not good. They have they have a good arm, and they ran out. Of, they I thought one of the the two lefties they brought out of the bullpen was actually pretty good. But like, I thought I thought the kid
0: that threw game one was pretty good. I mean, he wasn't elite, but I, I thought he was fine. Tell him about game one of the doubleheader or yes. Friday night. Yeah, no, no, no. Game one of the doubleheader. The yeah. kid on Friday night was awful. Yeah, no, he was
1: he was fine. Like he was nothing overwhelming, but he was fine. I actually I, I walked in. I had I had to I walked in a little bit later today, and I didn't realize they were going. With Thompson in Game Two, so I'm walking up to the press box, and I was like, "Why is this cat throwing 88?" And then, like, I <laughs> got up there and I was like, "Oh, that's not
0: that's not Thompson." No, good. Give credit to Minji on there because that took guts to do that. I mean, you're looking at losing the series, throwing a midweek kid, and you. I mean, it, it that's the only way you're probably going to win the series. But I mean, give him credit. He that was gutsy to uh, throw your midweek guy there, um, and then save Thompson for Game Three.
1: Yeah, and so. I, I I was I was talking to Chase about this after the game. I don't. I I still don't feel like I've learned anything about this team at all. I don't. Well, I, I, I don't know if they're a national seed or they're a two seed. You know, in in I, someone else's region. I don't understand. Like I don't. I don't. I, I literally have no clue. Because I still. It it. I, I, it go ahead. It, but no, I, I was just saying it's an offense that's producing that elite. clip yeah. Like that you thought it would, but they're just. they their pitching is just. Like It's trying not to come apart at the
0: seams is what they're doing every week. Well, yeah, when you manage it as horribly as they do, I mean, that kind of happens. But I, I think this team is a 14 or 15 or 16 seed, and they host and they go on the road for a Super if they make it out. I think that's what they are. I don't think national seed talk is, is warranted right now because where the RPI kind of is. Um, but frankly, it, it's just a situation where – they don't show up every single weekend. They didn't show up this weekend. They didn't really – I'll be honest, they didn't show up at Alabama because it's looking more and more obvious that you should sweep Alabama if you're a good baseball team. And and they did it. Um, so it's it's just really a situation where you kind of wonder which team you're going to get from a weekend weekend-to-weekend standpoint. And, look, if you'd offer Mike 9-6 and six after 15 four, five weeks ago, the man probably takes it. But in, that, in saying that, Ole Miss should be 11-4. and four. They, they shouldn't be 9-6. and six. At worst, they should be 10-5. And, and now you're going into a stretch against some really good teams that I, you know, you're know, you going to have to win some games on the road in this league to, to be able to get where you want to go, where you could have really padded your resume this weekend by winning another game or two.
1: Yeah, because the schedule gets real from here. I mean, you're going LSU, Texas. I mean, this is not, obviously not in order, but you go Auburn. A&M, then you go LSU State and Tennessee to finish it more. with the way... With, yeah, that, I guess that part is in order. That was actually kind <laughs> of impressive, even by accident. And Tennessee can pitch it. like They don't hit very well, but they can pitch it. So, like, the schedule is getting real. Like, there is no more Kentucky. There is no more Alabama. I no say that about Missouri. But, yeah, there's no more Florida, but Missouri is actually fairly formidable. Yeah. Um, So, there, I mean, the schedule gets tougher. Too, like, yeah, so I, I don't know what this team is. And... and to your point about not showing up every game, I, I think that's true. And this was the question I posed in February when we were talking about it. Does this team battle a bit of boredom and complacency after, like, kind of— I mean, they flew too close to the sun last year. They had the heartbreak at the end, but they were one of the better teams in the country. Do you battle that? And I would—I mean, it may not necessarily be on the forefront of their mind, but I think some subconsciously they're at least battling it to some degree.
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when everything and, – and I don't think this is fair. In fact, it's not fair. Um, when everything's made about June, well, how can you really overexert yourself in April if everything's going to be about June? I um, mean, you know, that's a dangerous mindset to have, but I think, you know, it's mindset that 80% of Ole Miss fans have is um, whatever happens in June is how they're going to base this season. So, I mean – it's hard for players at that point. If if you're gonna act like that, and, and I get it, but if you're gonna base everything on what happens in June, well, you can't really freak out over what happens in April unless you're not going to be in June, I guess. That, but you
1: got to put your, uh, you got to put yourself in a position to be where you want to be in June,
0: and by that, I just mean hosting and playing baseball at home. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and if I if I had to guess, I think they do. I mean, the the benchmark to host is 17 and 13. I think this team goes 8 and 7 over the last 15. Um, does that is that going to be a-
1: say with their midweek issues, I'm not sure 17 actually gets them in automatically. I would say they need to win 18 conference games to feel comfortable. I don't think that's there. Sure.
0: No, but I mean I, I think I think if you got 17 and and, were, and did a little bit of work in Hoover, you'd probably be okay. Because I mean at the end of the day, this thing's about money and they're gonna put one of these things in Oxford if they can, and they're gonna put one in Starville and Baton Rouge and, and they're gonna lie on their pocketbooks. Um but I, I think this team hosts a regional, I'll be honest. But it's just kind of it's just kind of a weird feeling because you they don't you know, I don't know if this team really has an identity yet. Um, you know, last year's team was just it was offensive as hell. And this team, it's good offensively, but it's not what last year's was. And I, I don't know. It's its just kind of a weird dynamic right now. Um,
1: Yeah, and they're not uh, they're not necessarily like like it's just like they have days where they look like last year's offense. And like this last, I think, like seven, eight game clip has kind of shown that. But to your point, it's not like you said, it's not always been like that. Like and it hasn't been as consistent, and we talked about that before. Is the is the missing consistency of you know the bats of Will Golsan and and uh, and Nick Fortes? And so yeah, I, I I would agree. I don't really know what their identity is because the last year's team, in addition to be, to being very good offensively, they were a team that was like going to be okay starting pitching wise, and then just their bullpen was really strong. And the bullpen this year, obviously, that's that's not anywhere close to the case. You got three good arms, but after that. You don't really know what you're going to get with the bullpen.
0: I think they're better at the at the front end, or what am I trying to say? I think they're, they're better be- at
1: the top of the front end of the bullpen, but yeah, like, like past that, it's
0: past. quote unquote back end with Krasny obviously
1: being the closer. But you right. get the point. After your top three arms, there, there's a gigantic drop off, and you didn't have that
0: last year. No, no. Um, so yeah, like, like we've mentioned, it's just kind of a weird situation where this offense struggles and, and I'll be honest, you know, a lot of times you just kind of give time to work out and whatever this offense cannot hit left-handed pitching and it's not going to get better. Um, that when they face a left-hander, they're going to have to pitch the heck out of it because this seems not going to hit left-handed pitching. Yeah. I think we've got enough sample size to, to kind of be definitive about that. Anytime that they face a left-handed pitcher, it's going to be a it's struggle and they're going to have to pitch the heck out of it.
1: They did raise their average, though, and I I, I, I'm, I swear I'm not being facetious sounding like this, but entering the game yesterday, today, uh, or on Sunday, that is, um, they raised their average against lefties all the way up to 250-something, I think, which well, is not, like, fantastic, but, like, like, you had to do work to get it that high because it
0: was way worse. Sure. I'd like to see the OPS against it because I feel like they're limited power-wise against left-handed pitching.
1: That's fair, but I mean it's at least a bit of an improvement. But I, I I don't disagree. Um so yeah, I mean and so like at the I mean, at the halfway point, they they are nine and six and you would probably take nine and six if you're Mike Bianca because that's the first they haven't been nine and six or better since twenty fourteen and they've only been better than nine they haven't been better than nine and six at the halfway point since oh four. Um and so Mike's teams always kind of play better in the second half, which but with this team like like remember that like I was talking about with Chase the O eight team kind of collapsed at the end they were like right. ten and five or eleven and four or something, and collapsed. Like I'm not saying this team's gonna collapse, but like it doesn't like the the second half kind of surge that Bianco's teams normally have that doesn't feel like possible with this team given
0: the schedule and their inconsistencies. No, that's completely fair. Um, it's just kind of worrisome, you know, that what they kind of have left because they're they're about to play four West teams that are really really good. I think Mississippi State's one of the best teams in the country. Now, I think they're a really good matchup. And this is what's weird. This is kind of where I think Ole Miss has gotten in a little bit of trouble. I think their best matchups are Auburn and LSU. And when you, when you play Auburn and LSU on the road and they're your best matchups, that's not great considering I don't think they're good matchups against A&M and Mississippi State. So it's, it's going to be – they're going to have to prove it kind of on the road for me. I think, you know, you've got three or five, remaining five series left on the road. I think that's where they're going to have to kind of prove it yeah I I would agree
1: with that too and so I mean their biggest most pressing issue going forward is finding some semblance of stability on Sunday just I mean this team I mean who just thought you said it but this team needs a Sam Smith and they need a Sam Smith bad yeah because Smith gave them a chance every time in 14 wasn't great never had but he never had the catastrophic inning that blows up on him so that is that and it's I think it may be a lost cause and I I I would tend to agree because I think you said it a second ago but They've got to find something else in the bullpen besides those three arms.
0: Yeah, I, you, you, you got to force it. And, and I think the next guy is Max Chofey. He was good today. Um, I don't think that's an arm you can quit on. I think the, the high-rising fastball plays, and it really played against Kentucky, and I thought it would because he, he strikes out a lot of people, and Kentucky strikes out a lot. Um, but he's the next guy, and he hadn't thrown in two weekends. So I think he's a guy that they've got to figure out a way to get some work.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, it, the, the, honestly, if nothing else, the, net, the the back half of the SEC season is going to be fascinating because the schedule upticks, like, they've still got a lot of moving parts, I, you know.
0: I, I don't kinda, know what you do with Tim Elko at this point. But, you know, everybody, and I get it, oh, uh, why aren't you playing Tim Elko? People do realize, like, they have to play non-people. Like, there has to be non-people in the batting order. You can't just exit a spot and try to lead off again. Um, So it's Tim Elko, Elko, Chase Cockle, Jacob Adams, and and none of them have done anything this year to to really warrant playing every day. And and everybody's like, well, play Josh Hall and Carl Gendel. It doesn't work like that. Those guys struggle against velocity. And if you struggle against velocity, you're not going to be able to handle anything. At least those three guys can handle the velocity a little bit. And, and that gives them a chance. If you're just going to get fastballs blown by you, which I think Hall and Gendel would struggle with, then it's a little bit of a lost cause with those guys. So one of the Elko Adams or, or Cockle are going to have to step up, or they're just going to keep rotating this door around to play the hot hand, to say.
1: Yeah, and the last thing really from this game is when it got hurt in the fifth inning. Was chasing I think that's serious. Up, what He was chasing what ended up being an RBI double off the wall. I don't remember who hit it for Kentucky. I think it may have been Zeke Lewis. I'm not sure, but... The point being, um, I thought it was a shoulder at first. It actually ended up being a hip. And it's not the same hip that he got hit on that caused him to miss a game. Yep. He got hit on it against uh, uh Florida, but it's the other hip. Um and so it's his it's I, I guess that would be his, his his right hip. Um Yes. So um he walked off without much like 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 he walked off pretty much on his own. So I guess that's just something to monitor. Uh, Mike didn't have much of an update afterward, but I they don't really know. But I mean I, I don't really know what to diagnose there or even like try to
0: I just kinda of think if Ronald Lennon comes out of the game it's serious.
1: I mean, yeah, but at that point even if it's I mean, last week it was just a bad bruise that he re aggravated and he had to come out at that point. So like I I don't know. I mean I, I mean it's not like like a hip wise you're not necessarily tearing. He, I, I don't know what it would be. I, 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 it's tough to speculate, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be another bruise thing, and he just
0: had to, like, come out because you can't really run. Sure. Fair enough. It's, it's just weird with this team. You know, they're just kind of putting a bow on it. it they haven't really done anything, you know, poor. I, I, what am I trying to say? It's kind of just a net neutral for this team right now, because you go win the five games in a row against Arkansas and Florida, and then you screw it up by losing two. So you kind of just everything that you've done so well you've kind of screwed up over the course of losing you know two games to kentucky and not sweeping alabama
1: yeah and so i don't know if nothing else the last the last little (laughs) last half of the season will be interesting
0: yeah i mean that's a that's definitely a moniker for it is interesting it's uh I don't know. If if you make me guess right now, I think this team host is a really, really low seed. But I I can see this thing getting hairy and them being a two seed in Chapel Hill or something, too.
1: Yeah, so kind of I mean, that's kind of all we got from from baseball elsewhere. You had the NBA playoffs begin. Um, You had two higher seeds in the in the um, in the East. Lose opening round game. Orlando beat Toronto on the road um brooklyn beat philly the first one i'm not necessarily concerned with i think toronto will over like they're a bad matchup for orlando i don't really make much of that you see road teams steal game one all the time sometimes the better team just doesn't really show up um brooklyn's a bit different because he didn't play he's going to play later in the series but they could really screw with them that that's not a great not a great matchup and brooklyn's a dangerous team when d'angelo russell's playing well and they have some of those pieces going so i think Philly goes out, gets out of the series. I, I, I think, but that that one could get weird because the thing with Philadelphia and you still haven't really seen it is like the last three minutes of a game. Who is getting buck? Like who is getting it for them? Who's getting yeah. baskets? I mean, is it Embiid? Is it Butler? Simmons is regressed. I say regressed. He just hasn't gotten better at any facet of his game this of, from last season to this season, and so I don't really know what that looks like. And then I, I mean. I don't know, but so Boston beat Indiana, um, and then, and then you had Milwaukee destroyed Detroit,
0: um, Houston's currently destroying Utah,
1: yeah, in the West, you didn't have any real surprises, um, uh, not that I. I mean the. I guess the Spurs beating the Nuggets is a surprise. The Nuggets feel like the regular season team that plays really hard and is really deep with a bunch of role players, but doesn't really come down in the postseason because like you're not going with Jokic down the stretch. I mean he's not. He's a good player, but he's not a guy that like is a shot creator and a and kind of a cold blooded scorer that's going to get you buckets down the stretch. So I don't know. I mean I, I heard this phrase on Bill Simmons' podcast. Um, or earlier this week, and it's the way the playoffs are set up. There's four teams. One of these four teams is making the Western Conference Finals. It's Denver. It's Oklahoma City. It's Portland or it's San Antonio. One of them is mathematically making the Western <laughs>
0: Conference Finals.
1: Um, a- so, you know, if your life depends on it, I don't know who you bet on. I, I would go back and forth. I mean, it's definitely not San Antonio, and it's definitely not Portland with Nurkic. I mean, with Nurkic out, so I, it, it's really between Oklahoma City and 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 Denver, and it's probably Oklahoma City is who I'm betting on. Ooh, KD and Russ playing for the Western Conference Finals. It'd be four-one, but it'd be fun. Yeah, and it, it'd be kind of like one last one last chapter in KD's Warriors, like I guess, bout against Oklahoma City. It'd be, I mean, it would be fitting because he's going probably to the Eastern Conference next year, and and kind of re, restoring any semblance of balance of power in the NBA. So yeah, it'd be interesting. It just kind of sucks we get Rockets. Well presumably you get Rockets, um you get Rockets Warriors. Round two, yeah. Oh hey, in the semis versus
0: the finals. My uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are playing well. They uh they are up two oh on the lightning, I believe.
1: Yeah, they they, they are. i um, <laughs> they're probably gonna win that series, although you never really know it's
0: hockey, but uh I feel like three oh three oh leads get blown in hockey all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, and like home ice doesn't really make that big of a difference. It makes some, but not not huge. So like, it wouldn't shock me if Tampa came back and won the series. But I mean, you're up two zero with two home games. Like that's as that's as good a chance as you're ever going to have. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of intrigued by these playoffs. Um, I didn't get to watch a ton um yesterday and today, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I don't know. I'm hopefully can watch some more of the NBA
0: playoffs kind of Wait, in the next week or so. I believe the uh, Blue Jackets are up 3-0. It is, is it 2 or 3? Uh, it is 3-0. The Blue Jackets won today and are up 3-0. Okay, so that series is actually probably over. <laughs> I, I pick winners only. Yeah, Goodness.
1: I forgot. What was the other one? I, hop, I Did I hop on the Islanders? Is that I what it was? I think you hopped
0: on the Islanders. Uh, they played today, but I think they lost. So Sorry for the uh, – no, the Islanders won. Uh, the Islanders are up 3-0 okay so both both <laughs> underdogs there are looking pretty salty although i think the
1: islanders were a favorite because i'm pretty sure they started that series in on long island excuse me not in long island um instead of instead of pittsburgh so i don't know it's a cool time of year for sports i mean the nba playoffs and everything else um and and hockey playoffs it's 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 some of the best couple months of the year sure yeah um well, that's really about all I had. I don't think we missed much of anything. Uh, it's kind of a quiet weekend on the Ole Miss front outside of baseball. Um, but, yeah, so you got
0: anything else? Uh, that's about it. That's about all I got.
1: All right. Well, we'll be back at it on Wednesday. Um, Ole Miss plays a Tuesday game, I think, against yeah, yeah, Memphis. because yeah, um, they play
0: at Auburn Thursday.
1: Yeah, so we'll just kind of see what comes up between now and then. But for now, I'm Brian Scott Rippey. That's Colin Bristol. We'll be back at it Wednesday.